This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Happy New Year from the near frontier, my dear. Happy New Year. (laughs) How queer. It's uh, Cam and Missy here at the kitchen table on a uh, cold Thursday night, getting ready for the first snowfall of the year, which is expected this weekend. Not too bad, though, like, what, two to four inches, something like that? Yeah, and it's not even going to start until after 11 p.m. on a Friday and end on Saturday. So it's just going to be a weekend of snow because it's going to be in the 50s all weekend, all next week. So, yeah. yeah, I'll take it. Whatever. It'll, yeah. look, it'll look pretty. It'll right. be nice for a weekend. Yep. Uh, hopefully uh, everybody had a good uh, Christmas. We've got some emails that we're going to get to a little bit later on in the program. 40acrefool at gmail.com is the email address. It was a good Christmas, oh, yeah. I think, right? Oh, yeah. We had a really wonderful Christmas. All five kids were here, and two of them had significant others. We had nine stockings to fill. Mm-hmm. It was fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. And it was nice, not that I don't love my kids, um, but... If anything, like, you, you know, it's it's always good to miss them. And like, oh, it's, we had to cut the visit short. Like, our daughter and her significant other ended up having to leave on Christmas afternoon yeah. because they had to get back to work, right. you know. Um, but it's it's I think it's much better to be like, oh, it's so sad to see you go and genuinely mean it than be like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> we, have our, we have our house back, you know. And I didn't feel that way. I was No, I didn't. I, I, no. You, but we, had, we did have some time with them. And it was a, uh, a very good Christmas. New Year's Eve was... Um, you know, I, was, I mean, it was. We had some folks over, but I'd still classify it as quiet. It was quiet. Uh, we had one family over, but when you have a family <laughs> who also has four children, you have three children. You have seven kids. You have a party, oh, right? You know, you've and it only was four kids and, and uh, seven children, but uh, and three quarters of the adults uh, made it to midnight. Yeah, our poor friend. He fell asleep on the couch. He had worked all day and then made it just to about eleven thirty. But the rest of us said, "I barely did." I barely made it to 12. Well, you know you're getting older when, I won't say old, I'll say older. You know you're getting older when the party ends at midnight. The oh, New yeah. Year's Eve party ends at like 12.05 a.m., right? Pretty much, yep. Yeah, Happy New get, Year, everybody gets a kiss, you my, get the crackers, my, my right? Pack, and they, pack up the and food. Then let's pack up and we, and we go. And <laughs> so by 12.15, I think everybody was out of the house. By 12.30, we were in bed. Yeah, so. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. But our friend, uh, actually, both of our friends work for the post office, and uh, he's in a he's in Charlottesville, uh, so it's a busier community. And they've, I mean, it's been the Christmas holiday insanity, and so it's been just you know I think ninety hour weeks working seven days straight yeah, for a number of weeks. So yeah, he uh, I, I feel bad, and hopefully things will slow down now in the new year for him and. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the dog whining in the background. What dog is that? Of it's the bullet. Three? He looks like he's trying to, like something is blocking his way. You know how he gets. Okay. 
All right. Well, he's just going to have to deal with it for a minute. He's I funny. Just, he thinks he can fit on your lap, but he realizes when something is blocking his way and he feels like he can't get past Yeah, it. but I did just take him out before we started the podcast. So yeah. nobody think that I'm ignoring my dog. I'm not ignoring my dog. He's fine. He has food. He has water. Yeah. He's just... He yes. Yeah, sometimes he gets he, he becomes very ungainly. He becomes uh, you know very innately aware of how big a dog he is, and all of a sudden he thinks he's like huge, you know, like he's Clifford, and he, right? And he, and he can't fit past something like a case in point where there was a box on the floor, and he had plenty of room to get around the box. But to him, he was like, "Oh, I'm too huge. I cannot get past this box." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Seriously, dude? I can move the box?" And he walked right th- right past. He could also go through our kitchen and go the long way around and come see us, but apparently that that's not an option for no. him. Maybe not. Apparently not. It's really annoying, though. We're gonna might have to cut this first segment a little short just so I can go deal with the dog. He uses that option when I tell him to go to his crate. He takes the long way of around. Course. Of course, he doesn't have to go to his crate uh, all that often. Now, our younger dog, the puppy, uh, has slowly been getting better. It was it was very helpful to have uh, everybody at home, uh, and I was off for a week, and so you know he didn't have to spend. Uh, his days by himself, he you know had a lot of uh, uh, other people around, and I went and I got a run for him. So he's got his little zip line yeah. with about uh, sixty or seventy feet between the uh, two trees, and so he has you know time every day to run around outside and burn up some of his energy, and that has been very helpful as well. He's still eating everything in sight, including but, he started on the uh, another wall in my uh, office. So I put up two of those panels <laughs> from that baby gate that separates him from the books and the other things that he can't eat. I put it up against the wall uh, uh, so that it's being held up against so he can't get through He's it. And eating eat our walls. Wall. <laughs> I mean, it's just not, it's not good. It's not good to have a dog that eats walls. No, you know? they have those cow hooves that are my, uh, my, de- my parents recommended and uh, they love to chew them. But they were dry. I did not realize it. Oh, I think it was driving me crazy because I kept thinking the dogs were peeing on the floor or peeing on the furniture. There was this really horrible pee like smell. Stale and it pee was, smell. And, but it was every single time I sat on the <laughs> chaise and the dogs were around me. And I realized it was because the dogs were around me chewing on these hooves that smelled of concentrated stale urine <laughs> when they got them all slimy and slobbery. And I was like, oh, my blog. It was so horrible. I was like, oh, everything. I threw their bed out on the front porch. I was like, what is this stink? And it's yeah, so, we figured it out. It's a cow but at least it keeps them from chewing up other things. I just like have to walls. kick them away and get them away from me when I'm sitting down. I'm like, go somewhere else and chew those things. Oh, the stink. So I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to interview you here, but I will ask you, how are you feeling? Because I know that's on the mind of everybody. Man, I am so ready to be finished with chemo. This last treatment was even longer to feel better. And I just, I'm just I'm dreading Wednesday because it starts. Next week. Last week. But it's the last one. It's the last it's round. The last round. Last three-day round, and then I am finished. I just have a life of uh, CT scans, but I'll take that. Right. I'll take it over this any day. Yeah. It's like having a hangover and being mo- morning sick and motion sick all at the same time sometimes. Right. And this time around, it definitely took longer for you to recover. And I just... I, I mean, you still are not back to yourself in no. a way in ways that you were in the first two months. Yeah, and I have to make sure that I, on top of taking my pills, the anti-nausea pills, because if I'm not, then I, it really messes me up 
for the long time. And, um, I, I had an appetite today, so that's good. But for the most part, I'm kind of living on saltines and various uh, incarnations of chicken noodle soup. The dog is getting angrier now that he. Can't. But it does sound like he's moving away. Yeah, so. he's moving away. He's, he's probably barking at the puppy. Um, and the other thing was, uh, so when we first learned that you were going to be doing chemotherapy, uh, some friends had sent along some t-shirts like secretly hoping chemo will give me superpowers. Yeah. And so I was looking online cause I was going to get you a, a shirt or two and I noticed that there was like a theme. Yeah. That's the dogs having fun. A yep. theme of, um, uh, chemo brain. Yeah. And, and so I mentioned to you, cause that was the first I had heard of it. Like none of the doctors had never said anything about chemo brain. Um, what is chemo brain? It's just, it's like the most forgetfulness thing ever. Like, I can't remember. CRS, basically. It's totally. It's- like, it, it, but it's worse than that. Like, I purposely bought myself mango sorbet, and I was like, ooh, I left it out on the counter for like just a couple minutes. Totally forgot about it the next day. It was just a big old puddle of uh, liquid. But I did it again when I bought myself pistachio ice cream. I left it on the floor of the pantry when I was, I forgot it because I for- forgot to finish unloading groceries. And I didn't find it till the next day. Like, uh, I wrote on my Facebook page that I was going to have my last round tomorrow, and I meant next week. Just, just your brain's not quite working right. <laughs> just, and sometimes I forget what words to use. Like, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, what do I mean to say here? Like, what's the right word for that thing? That thing, you know, that thing I'm talking about. But yeah, no, it's total chemo brain. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm glad that next week is the last week, and I'm glad that you, you know, and me from both. Here on I had out, a bad dream about that. I know. I had a dream that my doctor told me I had two more cycles to go, and I punched him in the nose. And I told my my, my nurse today that because I had to go in for blood work, and she says, "What brought that on? Did you have something funny to eat the night before?" And I said, "Oh no! When I was here last time, he came in and asked me if I had to do four or six cycles." And I looked at him, and I was like, "Um, four." All right, I think we might have to. Uh Finish up your story, and then I'm going to go deal with the dogs. Um, (laughs) Our studio audience sucks this week, by the way. Yeah, but he says, he says, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I I don't have your chart right now. But she, my nurse today looked at me, and she was like, little daggers in her eyeballs. She said, I am going to tell, he should not have said that to you. I was like, no, he shouldn't have. It really did give me a bad dream. Apparently. All right, we do have more from the kitchen table and uh, hopefully a less noisy segment with the uh, the ancillary uh, canine crowd noises. So stick around. We'll be right back. Just a quick timeout, and we've got more for you. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 
Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. See, I told you we were not going to be gone very long. And we're back already. Look, it's the magic of radio. Ta-da! Or whatever it is now. This Cam is radio. And see, it's uh, Well, it's a podcast. It's kind of like radio. Yes. Because you can't see me doing this. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> if we had if we had better internet at the house, then I would uh, like Facebook Live. You know, the first segment or whatever. Uh, You're shaking me off. <laughs> no way. Good God, no! Right now, I look like uh, the Humpty Dumpty you part. Like, like my big old head looks like Humpty Dumpty on the wall. Your head. I mean, listen. Pants. Like I need you were on little pants you were really pants. worried about uh, about you know how you would look without any hair, but I got to say, you've got a really nice noggin. I have a weird shaped head. No, it looks good. Flat spot. I mean, like you look. You, I say, I say, you should keep it bald. No, F. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just keep it. No way. So Missy e shaved her head down because one of the uh, one of the Christmas presents that I got was a little cool like one blade thing and yeah. she was playing with it and <laughs> went a little too and just all of a sudden there's a chunk that's missing I'm like well now you got to just finish it off yeah. you know like an eighth of your scalp is now no, bare. bare so are you letting it kind of grow back in well, as much no, as it will it, if it's it will. the same as it was it feels like sandpaper it is the same as it ever was yeah same as it's it ever not was. but there's hair there. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just, just the little bits, but right, it's see, not coming back. Your, your bald head feels different than my bald head. Well, yeah. yeah. Your, your bald head is smooth. My bald head is permanent. My bald head feels like sandpaper. Speaking um, of smooth. Yeah. It's, how about uh, that for a segue? That was a good segue because, uh, um, yeah, because we were, we, we were trying a couple of bourbons with our friends on New Year's Eve, and um, we, we kind of liked the one, but there was... There was the the one that was the that came up in conversation had the weirdest name and you have a, you you have you got to try some right it's the Pappy Van, Van Winkle yes the silliest probably bourbon name I've ever heard uh, I know so yeah I, we might have talked about this in the podcast probably not I was trying to keep it a secret because I didn't want to let anybody know that Virginia was doing a lottery for Pappy Van Winkle because I figured that would better my odds. Yeah. Um, but the uh, so in Virginia we have state-run liquor stores they're ABC stores alcohol beverage control. And so the uh, Virginia ABC had a lottery uh, three weeks in December. The first week was a lottery for 15-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. The second week was a 12-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. The third week was a 10-year-old Pappy Van Winkle. Um, Pappy Van Winkle is supposedly like the holy grail of bourbons, right? And so you've got the 10-year, you've got the 12-year, you've got the 15-year, you have the 20-year, and you have the ultra-rare 23-year bourbon, which will go for thousands of dollars a oh. bottle uh, on the, on the you know, private market. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know that I'll ever get to drink a 23 or a 20 or even a 15-year Pappy Van Winkle. And I didn't win the lottery, but a friend of mine won the lottery. Yes. And the only That's reason almost as good. And the only reason why my friend won the lottery is because I informed him that there was in fact a lottery going on. Right. You know. So, uh, the bottle of 12-year-old Pappy Van Winkle lot B uh, arrived this week and I got to taste it. And I tweeted about it, and I put it up on Instagram, at Cam Edwards, because I was really excited. And this was on my bourbon bucket list. Mm. I have since been informed again that it's not, according to one guy in Kentucky, it's not real, real. Pappy Van Winkle, right? But it's, it says Pappy Van Winkle on the bottle, <laughs> and it's been aged 12 years. 
and they had a lottery because there were only apparently 125 bottles made available in Virginia. So, you know what? I'm calling it the real Pappy Van Winkle. Now, is it the top shelf? Is it the best Pappy Van Winkle out there? No. Is it a Pappy Van Winkle? It is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And it was good. Anyway. It was good. So, um, I, you know, listen, I will say this, though. Like, it, I would not have paid $40 a shot. I would not have, you know, this, and I think it retailed at $70 a bottle. Mm-hmm. And it tastes like a $70 bottle of bourbon. So, it tastes really good. It's really smooth. Um, it uh, didn't have that, that sort of... Kind of harsh uh, throat burn that uh, you get from like bullet, uh, you know, something that's a little bit uh, less refined. I mean, it was it was one of the top three bourbons that I've ever had. It okay. was really, really tasty. I'm not a, uh, a a master distiller. I can't talk about these smoky notes and the you know hint of charcoal and the uh, slight blah, blah, blah. bouquet like of right. Yeah, it tasted like a really good bourbon. Yeah. It was tasty bourbon. That's time with wine. I'm like blah 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 wine. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, it tastes like wine. What is it supposed to? Oh, and the blah, and the this, and the flowers, and the note, and the the bouquet, and the blah. Right. Candy. See, that's that's what's going to stop us and stop you from being on like HGTV because you're not descriptive enough. You know, you'd you'd start to describe. You're like, oh, God, yeah. I love this chocolate cake because it's so good. I'd say, <laughs> and then you'd start no, eating no, no. it. Or I'd say moist and everybody would go, ew! Because so many people hate that word and I'm like moist, 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 moist. I'm all about that word. Well, you just cake. ran off like 40% of our listeners just with that, <laughs> that little three second moist outburst. That moist burst. It's the perfect word to describe my homemade chocolate cake. My chocolate cake is moist. I would, I would go with yummy. I would go with Tasty. It's yummy. It's tasty and delicious. It's it is. It is and moist. moist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but it is also, as you say, chocolatey and delicious. And now, and it freezes well. Now I'm, I'm even more sad that you didn't make chocolate chip cookies this week. I didn't hardly make anything. I didn't make anything around Christmas either. But uh, I do have the butter softened, so I will make. I will make the dough tomorrow. And we will have chocolate chip cookies over the weekend while we're sitting and looking at pretty snow and drinking hot cocoa. Yes. And on some uh, pounds because we, right. <laughs> like we need I more. can't do that. I've, I've had this. No, this is now getting to be like, you know, the time of the year when I'm out in public uh, for a shot show and CPAC and the interannual meeting. And so now I have to work on maybe the, shedding uh, the winter the one, weight. The, <laughs> the other one's lots of adjectives and long. The Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is coming up in mid February. And I will be there for, I think, at least the final weekend. I'm not quite sure when my schedule is going to be there, but uh, yeah, we will be going there, and it's always just an awesome time. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, no, I can't be, I can't be porking out <laughs> right now. Got to be doing the other, you know, going the other way. It was nice while I was on vacation. I was able to get a lot of stuff done around the house. We had a day where I just would spend like the morning going to the dump back yeah. and forth, just clearing out stuff that has needed to get cleared out for a while. So we are getting ready for spring. Like uh, most of you, um, we are now being inundated with seed catalogs and uh, like farm porn. Right. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, and it makes you think about the garden and start planning and everything. So we are, we're, we're you know, we've got our, our dreams and we know where we want to try to put stuff this year. And we're going to try to get rid of the raised garden beds and have wider paths and yeah. a, um, a, a, a better garden. And frankly, this year we're going to be able to have a garden. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, that was the thing last year. It, the, your health issues just sort of took out 
you know, from Memorial Day yeah, on. Pretty much. You know. I couldn't um, breathe when I went outside when it was humid, and I couldn't catch my breath because I didn't realize that, you know, the, the tumor was so big and it was taking up so much space in my lung. Yeah. I just, I didn't know what was going on. Just, always just felt crappy the whole time, but now I'm feeling crappy, but in a better way, <laughs> I suppose. Crappy with a purpose. Crappy with a purpose. <laughs> this is purposeful crappiness, yes. Yeah, uh, and so hopefully uh, this next year is going to be better. We, yes. We, uh, I guess the one uh, thing of note uh, on the farm since we have last talked would be uh, we lost a chicken. Somewhere in the past week. Yeah. yeah. At least. Uh, one yeah. of the hens. She's yeah. older. Yes. I think she stopped laying a long time ago because she was the one who laid the big big brown eggs. So I haven't gotten any eggs out of her in a long time, but just but lose another still, chicken. Well, it, and cool still, thing. it just, right, because it means that something, like a, something, got them. So something is sure around. Tomorrow morning, we got to probably put them on lockdown. Uh, yeah, probably so. I do have a flock block for them, so they'll have plenty of food there to you eat. Go. Um, but that's the uh, yeah, that's the one thing. So we're we're looking at we're down to what now four hens. Yes, and uh, four hens and two roosters. Looking at getting some more hens to to restock here. I think. Yeah, I've got friend a friend who raises them, and she owes me some chickens. So I'll check in with her, and she sees she's got any ready to integrate. I just assume wait until after the, the cold of winter, but it would probably be good if we got some bigger girls in there to mix up with everybody. Yeah, I was thinking if we got some more of the bodies. cold of winter, so right, there'd be more, more bodies to more keep, bodies to keep warm. everybody warm. Yeah. Exactly, so now would be the time to do it. Yeah. All right, now is also the time on Sprockets when we dance or on uh, 40 Acres and a Fool when we take a quick time out. Ah, okay. So when we come back, I want to talk about uh, John Ekdahl on Twitter um, had to post this question to journalists. The top three selling vehicles in the United States are pickup trucks. Do you personally know anyone who owns a pickup truck? I uh, do. I know you do because you do. Yep. And uh, apparently there are many, there are many, many journalists uh, who could not answer that question. We're, in fact, huh. very upset that, uh, that that question was even posed. Um, a lot of people with pickup trucks. I mean, not, in my family, too. Yeah, okay. And but, they're in New Jersey. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Huh. But that's you. Huh. That's you. That's me. Think about when we lived in the suburbs of D.C. How many people did we know that had pickup trucks? Mm, three. Okay. That's good. One of them was purple. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It was. It was. Wait, no, 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 no. That was back in Oklahoma City, The our friend with the purple pickup truck. Oh, where are you saying? Where else? In Northern Virginia. Oh, people had SUVs, not pickup trucks. Right. But, but we had a neighbor family cro- members. We had a neighbor across the street who was in the Army. Oh, yeah, he, he had, had a, pickup. a pickup truck. That's true. He had a pickup. And that was probably it. In our neighborhood. In our neighborhood. Still, my family. They live yeah. in the suburbs of New Jersey, and they drive pickup trucks. Right, and Texas on occasion. Texas, yeah, right. relatives in Texas pick up So, and when you move to Texas, you have to. They drive Fords down there. I you think. have to get a pickup truck, exactly. Yeah. So, I've I've been thinking that um, in light of this uh, gap here in the you know knowledge and experience for so many journalists, that um, maybe we need to open up a summer camp for journalists. Have them come here. Camp Cam and Company. <laughs> So we'll talk about Camp Cammon Company after a quick timeout. Stick around. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool on the way. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The 
progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Plays Radio Network. So still to come, we're going to get to your emails. Again, the email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Um, I mentioned this uh, tweet by John Ekdahl. We actually had John on Cam and Company talking about this the, the day after it happened. Uh, and then I see on Thursday night, uh, tonight, Tucker Carlson had talked about it. So I'd just like to point out, <laughs> we're ahead of the curve here yeah, on it. Cam and Company. Now, I didn't start it. John Ektel started it with oh, this okay. uh, tweet that uh, got everybody riled up about, uh, do you know anybody with a pickup truck? Uh, I think Jim Swift of the Weekly Standard had followed up with, um, uh, do you also uh, personally know anybody who owns an AR-15 or an AK-47 variant? Um, I, yeah, my response to that was, that's just way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, now I know. There's like a like, check, 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 check. Right, check. exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. The answer would be yes. Uh, but there were so many reporters and journalists who were like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, what about the, uh, do you know anybody who's gone to see Hamilton the musical? Do you know, right? Like, nobody's saying that the only authentic America is that which is found outside of New York or Washington, D.C. or Los Angeles or San Francisco or Silicon Valley, right? Mm. Nobody's saying that. We, we understand. The, the people who live in New York and D.C. and L.A. and these places, yes, they're absolutely real Americans. But, but we are exposed to them all the time through TV, through movies, right? We get that culture. Yes. It's the... It's the the fact that they don't get the rest of America. No, they don't. Nor do they want to. They don't want to. Either. Right? They don't care. We don't have a lot of TV studios in the United States in rural America. I would note that we have a broadcast facility in Farmville, Virginia. Um, but there aren't a lot of places, you know, unless it's like your local radio stations what does or your local newspapers. Huh? What does it broadcast down what in Farmville? What, my show... Chemo brain. Oh, oh! I thought you were thinking. I thought you were thinking there was like a, some sort of public access channel. No, on a Farmville cable network TV thing, and I'm like, no. Okay, yeah, you're we sure. don't even have that. Woo-hoo. Yes, my show. Sorry, <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. By the way, <laughs> oh, bite me. <laughs> no do overs. Um, anyway. So it's it's the fact that you know it's 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 the sort of one way street. It's not a two way street when it comes to you know the exchange of ideas and information and cultural and societal. Well, it should stuff. Be. It should be, but it's not. No. So that's why I've decided that we need to start a summer camp <laughs> for journalists. So they can come down and meet people who have pickup trucks and guns. I mean, think about it. So I think if we had a week. Uh, and by the way, Trent Marsh has already asked if he can be the spa director. He wanted to have, uh, I think it was hookworm immersion therapy, I think was uh, uh, what he had 
called for. Or maybe it was maybe it was hornworm. Um, I think I'm not sure which would be worse. As a matter of fact, um, so I, if you had a week, right? So you could have like some field trips. You could do a float trip on the Appomattox, right? That's mm-hmm. that's not far. Uh, maybe you could go out to Liberty University one day, and they could talk with you know evangelical Christians, mm. and then we could go sledding mm. on the artificial mountain in the winter, right, or right. in the summer. That would be fun. That would be fun. Uh, maybe you could do some ice skating. We could go to a drive-in movie. They probably don't do drive-ins. Nope, we got right? two within an hour of where we are. About. Right, uh, bonfires. You got to have like a tailgate bonfire, right? Maybe we'll shoot off some fireworks. Friends over in the front yard and do that. <laughs> it, well, exactly, exactly. That'd be you know one of the we do s'mores, right? Yep. We'll have uh, we'll have a night of fireworks because you can't have fireworks where these journalists no, live. Probably not. Right, They're too dangerous in the hands of most you know, exactly people who live there. Uh, and then we during the day would have like shooting sports. Um, our friend Bethany uh, has volunteered to provide some horses so we can have equestrian training. Oh, nice. Right? And then there's this, you know, there's like, well, we're going to show you what it's like to work in the garden. Oh, so you've already been, oh, then we already been get thinking. them all weeding. Exactly. Yeah, then they got to learn to weed. Exactly. No, no, don't pick that one. Don't and then they, they can do goat yoga in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, because if right? they do any poses, the goats will be all over they them. They can have bullet, they're going to have bullet time. Yep. And they can just, you know, right, big snuggles. They can pet pigs. Yep. Uh, I I think that this would... Go wait in the creek. Right? So I think the only thing we're really missing right now is housing for the journalists, so... They'd have to bring tents. Yeah, I think they'd have to rough it, right? They could supply... those big mash... Style they could bring their tents. own yurt if they wanted a yurt, but they're supplying their own yurt. I mean, like that's the own, thing. I, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. We're, I'm not we're, a yurty kind of person. I mean, I like. I think it'd be kind of cool to have one. I wouldn't live in a yurt, but it'd be kind of cool to have a yurt. Yeah, down near the creek, right, or somewhere in our woods, just a cool little camping spot for the kids just to a, hang a out. Yurt in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yurt in the woods sounds like something you're not supposed to do, by the way. But I, I've actually, but there's there's shows on the HD and the DI. And I imagine kinda, you know what is on TV. They're every channel you're, now I all do. day long. Not all day long. I don't watch TV all day. All day. I have it. Well, from let's say, let's say from like one o'clock till four o'clock. Probably a couple hours. Well, okay. So to be honest. You've been sleeping a lot. I sleep a lot. I sleep in a lot. I go to bed early and mm-hmm. still sleep a lot. Um, but the thing about having the TV on is if I sit there and it's quiet and the one kid's doing some schoolwork, all I can hear is the ringing in my ears. And it is so loud mm. all the this time. This is another side effect of the chemo. Another side effect of chemo is the ringing in my ears and the fact that I feel like I'm trying to listen half the time through, like, clay. Yeah. I'm kind of deaf. Yeah, you are. I've noticed a couple times where the <laughs> kids are, like, speaking quietly or they're speaking and, like, the TV's on or whatever. Yeah. And, like, Mommy's not ignoring you. <laughs> Mommy can't hear this you. This time. Like, Look at you. What? I can't, what? I can't hear you. I'm having my head in the in the refrigerator door and the humming and somebody's trying to talk to me and I'm like, well, I can't hear you. Part of it, too, is our children. I just noticed this tonight. I, I come home and I'm asking, how's everybody doing? And I was the day. And I'm asking our youngest daughter. And she's talking to me while she's holding a blanket in her arm in front of her mouth. And she's, I'm like, what? And she'd speak a little bit louder, but she's still holding the blanket in the arm in front of her mouth. I'm finally like, okay, 
stop doing that. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> how can you think that anybody could hear you with this? So apparently, broadcaster dad has really fallen down on the job yeah, in terms of, you know, teaching clearly. his kids to speak clearly. Exactly. I got to spend some quality time maybe this weekend uh, kid, refreshing them. Kid three is at a point in puberty where he's got the deep voice and sometimes I just don't get any of the tones at all. Like, he'll say something and, and he'll, he'll be like, Mom? Like, And then I'm like, what? Did you hear me? I'm like, are you talking to me? Like, Use a falsetto. <laughs> Talk higher. I can hear you better like this. <laughs> yeah, another really fun sound effect. And I think that's like everything else. It's like they said that my hair should start growing back about two to three months out as the toxins and all the yucky starts to just like just get out of me. Right. So see, by the time summer rolls around, you will be perfectly capable of running a summer camp. Journalist. Yeah, I'll be running it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine. I gotta work. Yeah, that's true. Now, that would be the other thing, though, is I'll bring them in. Everybody gets a little time on Cam and Company, yeah. right? You get to... Then they come out here and weed and work on the farm. Exactly. I think this could I Or think this commune could work. with goats and learn how to do stuff. We need, we, you know, the problem would be getting the journalists to actually go. Yeah, that's true. Right. Step outside their comfort zone. Exactly. So we might have to, I don't know, we might have to... And be objective. Host a couple of uh, uh, neutral... Uh, journalists and, and let them spread the word about you know the joys of Camp Cam and Company because they can spend a couple hours too at the uh, at a wine tasting place on a you know one of those weekend day of times when they're down here for summer camp. That's like, true. They can end the day there when end the camp at the. At, at I there. mean, there's the Trump winery, but that might be triggering <laughs> for the journalists. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a fun little surprise at the end of the week? Come on, we're going to go to a winery. Oh yay! It's the Trump winery. Ah! <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we've got your thoughts and your emails. So stay more your emails than your thoughts. I can't read your mind. So yeah, that's good. only the thoughts that you have shared with us. Stick around. <laughs> There's more 40 Acres and a Fool right after this. You're silly. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Now is the time on 40 Acres and a Fool when we dance. Yeah. Right? No, now it's the time to do the emails. Yes, yeah, time to do the emails and listen to the dog chew on that hood. I know. Well, hey, listen, it's better than the barking. Yeah, that's true. We don't have any snoring from the uh, the little lap dog at our feet, so that's good. Yeah, I don't know where. No, he's literally at my feet right now. He's just not snoring. That's Bullet. I thought the other one was there, too. No. Nope. Okay. Maybe Bullet ate the other one. Uh, so, we've got some emails. We'll start with Trent, who uh, uh, is wishing Miss E the best, as is everyone. Um, Trent said, uh, he, has a, uh, he sent along a, a piece that he wrote um, called The Loss of Shame. And I want to share it with you. It's pretty interesting. 
uh, he said, I, I was petrified of what would happen when I got home. I knew that my teacher had sent a note. It wasn't a real fight, but that didn't truly matter. We all got in trouble. We lost recess for the week, and then there was the note. If I thought that losing recess was a problem, wait until my parents find out what happened. I suppose I'm one of the last kids to ever have that stream of consciousness. As an elder millennial, I was raised with some modicum of respect for elders and taught how to behave in public. Being raised in the Midwest, where manners are still a thing, probably helped, too. Mm. It wasn't fear, says Trent. That's the misconception. I was never afraid of my parents or my teachers or store clerks. It was shame. There was a certain way to act, and failing to do so brought shame. My parents weren't angry. They were ashamed. They knew that I knew better. I knew that I knew better. Doing the right thing wasn't a bumper sticker. It was an expectation. But for shame... Uh, to exist, there has to be an expectation that you can be ashamed. And yeah. where is that these days? He says, I've spent a lot of time these last few months as a substitute teacher. Walking the halls every day with kids from age 12 to 18. As a substitute, I don't have to plan for tomorrow's lesson or grade papers. I get to spend my time watching and listening. The students, they don't even see me. Sure, there are some who recognize me after being there often enough. Some remember my name and shout good morning or ask if I'm there for the math teacher so they don't, that they don't care for all that much. But they don't see me. Their guard is down a little bit when I'm around. The kids know how little power the actual teachers have. As parents increasingly battle the schools to protect their precious little snowflakes, any leverage they might have is whittled away, leaving the inmates to run the educational prison. As a sub, what's that guy going to do? Nothing. Mm -hmm. They know that. Trent says, I can whip up a turn of phrase to make a sailor blush, and I've... I'm I've, I'm embarrassed, he says, at how the kids talk to each other. Uh, we've all seen the reports of school kids, honor students, and athletes trading lewd photos and social media conversations. A local school recently expelled over a dozen students as part of an elaborate multi-state drug ring being masterminded by a 16-year-old sophomore. Oh, my goodness. Does anyone, Trent says, really think that not talking during a lecture or cheating on a test while a sub is there will phase these kids? Right? Yeah, right? If they're doing this. So what's the deterrent? He says, for these snowflakes, every rule simply stifles their self-expression. Laws infringe in their interpretation of constitutional rights. Anyone who would dare enforce such draconian regulations is not using their phone during class is clearly a monster. A troglodyte who can't comprehend the stress of being a modern child with insta-snap face twits to keep entertained. Uh, a note home about disobeying a substitute teacher when asked to put away their phone? Doesn't matter. Snapping provocative selfies to send to classmates? It's self-expression. Running a campus encompassing drug ring at 16? Entrepreneurial spirit on display. <laughs> Not an ounce of shame anywhere, says Trent, and still we're surprised by societal decay. I don't, you know, here's the thing, Trent. I don't think we're surprised by it. But this is one of the problems that I, I, I see right now. And as I was reading what you wrote, I'm thinking about that attack in Chicago on the uh, white special needs kid, 18 years old, I think, or 17, and the attackers... Uh, four black kids, uh, actually three black adults who are 18. Everybody's an adult. Mm. And one who was 24. And, you know, again, you talk about shame. Well, where is the shame uh, in uh, basically abducting somebody, in holding them, in beating them, in cutting them, in, uh, you know, uh, torturing them basically for a day, and streaming some of this live? On Facebook, now, again, you, again, you talk about a lack of shame, oh right? God. How does something like that happen? And and uh, you know, Don Lemon on CNN said something about uh, you know this is horrible, this is inhumane. But he said, I don't think it's evil. He said, I think it has a lot to do with with how people are raised. Um, I, I, well, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking now about that phrase, the banality of evil, uh. right? 
And what you're talking about, Trent, and, and these, again, I suppose on the spectrum, the 16-year-old uh, drug mastermind uh, and the uh, individuals who, you know, would abduct somebody and torture them for 24 hours, uh, they're not in the exact same place here. But we are talking about an amorality, yeah. right? Not immorality, but an amorality. As you say, they don't care. Yeah. Uh, and, and what are the repercussions? Getting kicked out of school? Well, what happens then? Well, they have the day off. Well, even if they're expelled, right? The the impetus is immediately, well, let's put you in alternative schooling. Let's, you know, get you back on track. I, I, I don't want to say that at some point, people don't deserve any more chances. And certainly, you know, I don't think we should live in a one-strike-and-you're-out society. But what are we actually teaching them? Like, this is the, this is where I get concerned. Because I think Trent is right that without that, that sense of shame, and why do you have that sense of shame? Because you let somebody down, yeah. right? Because somebody has expectations for you, and you have expectations for yourself, that aren't met. Ultimately, you know, you may feel bad about letting down your mom. I remember when I was in high school and my report card would come in and I had not tried my best and I knew that I had not tried my best. And my grades reflected that I had not tried my best. This was the thing that I heard all through high school. If you only apply yourself. Yeah. Right. And now it's my curse that I'm hearing that. I'm hearing my 16 year old tell me, oh, my teachers just say if I'd only apply myself. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. But ultimately, as, as much as it sucked for me to disappoint my mom, the, the shame came in from me knowing that I was capable of more yeah. and knowing that I was capable of doing better. Like, if I hadn't known that and my mom, I just thought my mom like had higher expectations for me than what was warranted, I would have felt frustrated. I don't think I would have felt ashamed. Right. 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 So... Where's that component, right? Where are the expectations that these individuals are setting for themselves? And and why aren't they have why don't they have any expectations for themselves? Why why is it that they are satisfied with whatever it is that they're satisfied with? Just you know, living the life of of doing what feels good and uh, you know, consequences be damned. That's it. Apparently. Yeah, that's what it is. So, you know, and unfortunately, here's the thing. I, I don't want to be all pessimistic in this last segment here. I suppose it's better to wait until the last segment than to be all pessimistic in the first. Right. But uh, Downer at the bend. I don't think there's an easy fix. I, I don't. I don't think that there is a quick solution. I don't think that there is a uh, magic wand that can be waved to turn everything around. I think that... Um, I, I I think that this is a, a multi generation process, quite frankly, uh, that has led us generation process that got us here. Yep, and that's right, and it's probably going to be a multi generation process to get us out, if we can. In the meantime, you keep uh, fighting the good fight. You light a candle to curse the darkness, and you, uh, you you try to be the keeper of these traditions, Trent. You know, I know that 2017, you and your wife are going to become parents for the first time, and. Listen, it. There, I don't think. I don't think I'm actually worried about this with you. But there may be times where you feel like it's just easier to get along and to, to go along with what uh, society uh, says you should do, rather than what you know is right as a parent. Don't don't do that. Just you know, you raise the kids, raise your kids with these same values that that you 
benefited from. Yeah, don't up. just get a circumcised because everybody says. <laughs> Whoa, hey, we're not going to have that conversation. That's I'm just not saying, where do I was, some research. Okay, that's not where I was going. <laughs> Not where I was going with that. Just saying, you know. I'm just saying. Going along with everybody, that's okay. one of those things that you usually All just go along righty. with. You have no idea why. Okay, by the way, this is the first time. <laughs> I'll let that, I'll let my comment go. I'm just going to let it slide. Leave it alone. going to move along to an email from Jason. Uh, Merry Christmas, Cam and Missy, and thank you, Jason. I, I appreciate that. We did take last week off, and I do apologize for that, but uh, this is episode 90 of 40 Acres and a Fool, and uh, hopefully we'll be going strong. I've got some travel, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. Uh, Jason says, hope you had an enjoyable Christmas with family and friends, the company of loved ones, my most prized gift that I received during the holiday. Uh, you talked about what you were doing for Christmas dinner. We did, and the uh, gyros were delicious. Yum. Even better the second day and the third day, actually, yeah. uh, than it were the first night. Uh, Jason says, I just wanted to share a little about my wife's traditions that we cannot go without. My mother-in-law and her two sisters in Utah are from Sweden, and they have some very delicious Christmas traditions, apart from mm. the pickled fish that I could live without. They're able to prepare all the foods with great ease, but for Swedes, Christmas is incomplete Without Yulmust, or Christmas brew, it is a carbonated soft drink that has a frothy head and is flavored with barley malt and hops with a slight cola taste. Ooh. It's been very hard, Jason says, for them to find this wonderful beverage, not to mention it's very expensive to import it from Sweden. Right. So a few years ago, Jason says, my wife's aunt and uncle decided that the only long-term solution was to make their own. (laughs) They have uh, perfected the recipe. Contracted with an independent bottling company and now produce their own to drink and sell. Wow. How cool is that? That's cool. That is awesome. Jason says, unfortunately, this past Christmas Eve at the family party slash feast, we were gifted a case of about 30 bottles of Yule Moost, and it only lasted two days. Oh. I may be addicted, Jason says, but it's only <laughs> once a year. Uh, Jason says, I read the article you wrote for National Review Online, and I thought that you nailed it. As you stated, what most people don't realize is that hunting is conservation, and hunters and conservationists... Um, the hunting, the conservation movement began with hunters. Here in Utah, Jason says, hunting, gun and ammo sales, and groups like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation have contributed millions of dollars to programs and habitat to monitor and improve habitat conditions and herd health. Without these conservationists, animal habitat would decline, resulting in mass die-offs of mule, deer, and elk. Wildlife needs hunters and money that they contribute to wildlife and habitat conservation. Jason says, best wishes to you and your family during the Christmas season. May 2017 be the best year yet. Jason, thank you, sir, for uh, all of your kind wishes. I wish you very uh, the very best in 2017 as well. Happy Many year. cases of Yule Moose, I hope, are headed your way throughout <laughs> the year. And i got to look this up now. You have, uh, you've piqued my interest. So. so is it alcoholic? No. Oh, it's like a soda. Yep. Huh. It's a, it's a Swedish barley malt hops slight cola taste carbonated soft drink so hmm. to me soft drink means non-alcoholic non-alcoholic yeah well then again they got those not your mom's hard candy whatever it is now exactly so i've got to uh yeah not, i've got to not your try father's. to check out the yule moose not your father's yule moose father's yule moose <laughs> probably not the same thing Maybe it would be not the Swedish chef's Yule Moose. All right. Well, I think on that wacky note, we will uh, conclude the 90th episode of 40 Acres and a Fool. Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, you're yawning. Yeah, I'll start doing this for a while, and then my head will crack open. So. Uh, right. All of a sudden, I. it's funny. Like At, at night now, 
Because normally it's, you know, yeah, let's go to bed and we'll go to bed and we'll read or we'll, you know, watch a few minutes of TV or whatever. And now it's, okay, let's go to bed and I'll go walk the dogs and then I'll come in like eight minutes later and you're out. Yeah. And that's with And sleeping. you're out. I mean, it's, the light is off. There's nobody home. You're you're out. Yeah. I'm, I need a lot of sleep. You do. All right. Well, you go get your beauty sleep. It's not even beauty sleep. I don't even know what's going on in there. It certainly isn't that. But you go get some chemo sleep. <laughs> chemo sleep. Start punching out some doctors. Uh, yeah. No. 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 I don't want anybody telling me. Maybe you could arm wrestle house. <laughs> that would be a funny dream. And that's all you're allowed to do with house. Yeah, that's okay. All right. That'd be a funny conversation though, because I also remember him when he was uh, when he did a thing with um, oh Mr. Bean. Way back. Um, it was a series, The Black Adder. Yes. Black Adder goes, you know, Black Adder 2, Black Adder 3rd, Black Adder goes 4th. There's like this whole series of through the time, and he was actually in a couple of them here and there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Missy, thank you for sitting at the kitchen table with I me. I think. No, my brain's not remember that. It's right. all right. We're going to say We're going to say good night. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> all right. We will talk again next week. Thank you for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. The email address is always... 40acrefool at gmail.com the social media on Instagram Missy is now over 500 followers rock on at uh, Corny Corny Goat Goat Farm Farm. Uh, I am Cam Edwards on Instagram I am Cam Edwards on Twitter I don't do the twits and I am Groot when I am (laughs) cosplaying Guardians of the Galaxy characters (laughs) be safe have fun live a little learn a lot stay warm and we will talk to you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network Groot 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network